Hello and welcome everybody to another episode of the podcast series presented by the Global Positive Health Institute. My name is Dr. Liana Leonoff. I'm the president of the Global Positive Health Institute. And on this podcast series, we talk about all things related to positive psychology, health and well-being. And today I'm delighted to welcome as our guest, Sandy Blaine. She has a master's in applied positive psychology, and she is a well-being expert that's focused on this specific area that we're so interested in, on this link between physical health and emotional well-being, and is also writing a book, so we'll hear more about that later. Welcome, Sandy. Thank you, Liana. It's great to be here. Terrific. So we will dive right in in honor of keeping these podcasts short. And I'd love to hear what developed your interest in this uh, intersection between positive psychology and health. Well, I would say it's a natural interest of mine. I've always been a physical and movement oriented person. So that part comes really naturally. And I started thinking about the relationship between physical health and emotional well-being quite a while ago uh, when I happened to hear about the happiness set point theory. And, you know, it was just a segment that I heard on an NPR show, I don't know, it was probably 15 years ago, um, and uh, about the, the possibility that each of us has a genetic set point for our happiness level. And I, my first thought, honestly, was, wow, I, I'm pretty lucky if that's true, because I think I have a really high set point. But then, I started thinking about my lifetime yoga practice and various other things that I did regularly in my life. And I started wondering about a kind of chicken and egg question, like, do I have a high set point naturally? And that's why I have, you know, healthy practices that I do, or is it the reverse? How much do those healthy practices affect that set point and my experience of, you know, how often I'm in a good mood? And that really led me to positive psychology. Just that, you know, I became really deeply intrigued with that question. Yes, it's it's interesting because oftentimes uh, this question of nature versus nurture comes up. You know, how much of our level of uh, happiness experience and sense of well-being is dictated by our genetics versus our environment. And of course, it's both. And uh, the research is showing that's kind of a, a quite a wide range of the percentage of the uh, populations that are studied that are impacted by genetics versus environment. And uh, it could be that there's a large uh, factor uh, from genetics, but regardless, there is a uh, also the factor that we can do something about it. And that's what's so exciting about positive psychology is that we can engage in positive psychology-based activities that boost our sense of well-being and happiness, no matter what that, like you say, set point is. So uh, very true. So uh, what are some ways that then you personally used uh, positive psychology as well as professionally? Tell us a little bit more. We'll start with personally and then we'll move on to professionally. Right. So I so agree that it is so exciting that we can change our experience. And, you know, I've come to feel that really 
uh, all well-being has a physical element. You know, every experience we have comes from being a human body in our human bodies. And on a personal level, the more I learned about positive psychology, the more I realized that I had been intuitively, quote, positive interventioning myself my whole life, in boosting my uh, own well-being, my own mental well-being with exercise, meditation, gratitude practices, and more, just on a, you know, on a kind of intuitive level. And then when I went to grad school, when I got my degree in positive psychology, I was able to really lean into and expand on that. Um, I, I would say that's the main thing, that I was so delighted to discover that the, there was work being done in areas like Barbara Fredrickson's upward spiral theory of positive emotions and Robert Valorant's work on passionate engagement versus obsessive engagement and all the research on the theory of motivation, the difference between intrinsic and extrinsic motivation. So much of that really described and confirmed and validated my own experience and observations and gave me a much deeper understanding of some of those areas and language to explain my own thinking around them. Yeah, the, you just mentioned a whole pile of <laughs> subtopics and positive psychology that uh, we'll have to dive into in, in future podcasts, uh, but it, it'll, it's a nice teaser for our audience. And so of the, some of the topics that you did mention, what's a, what's a favorite strategy of yours? Well, I would say, actually, it's a different one. I would say I love the VIA character strengths. And that was a new, that was completely new to me. And I really love that positive affirming approach to growing and flourishing uh, through discovering and owning and leveraging our own strengths. Um, professor James Powelski, who was one of my professors, has a favorite quote that I, I, I really love, which is train your weaknesses and race your strengths. And I think leveraging your strengths in terms of how you approach taking care of your of your overall wellness is really beneficial. Yes, and actually, character strengths is almost like it's its own huge uh, section of positive psychology. When Marty Seligman, who is considered the the founder or father of positive psychology, when he helped to define the field, uh, he he talked about the science of flourishing in, in many ways, and but then specifically pulled out in the definition, the character strengths. So that's, uh, that's terrific that that. So uh, share with us a little bit about now how you're using uh, this uh, uh, knowledge and now your expertise in positive psychology and physical health professionally. Well, professionally, um... I would say that all of the learning of positive psychology informed uh, my teaching. You know, I've done a lot of yoga teaching and I really wanted to be able to support students and clients on along a fuller spectrum of well-being because again, you know, we're not, I think I don't believe in mind-body dualism and in, in any separation between mind and body. I, I think we're it's it's more than mind-body connection. We're fully integrated beings, and it's kind of miraculous. We're all on this continuous feedback loop, and so with that, I've I've moved away from 
yoga teaching as in teaching the physical practices of yoga toward being a well-being, you know, writer and speaker. I'm working on a book and have been writing shorter pieces for blogs on the connection between positive psychology and physical wellness, on the connection between yoga and um, and positive psychology. I do a lot of consulting for tech companies and startups on employee well-being that uses that intersection of positive psychology and wellness. And uh, I, I know there are individuals in our audience that are health professionals, health coaches, and other healthcare team members. So what advice might you have for them in terms of uh, integrating this science into their their work and their practices and particularly for health professionals directly with patients well you know for health professionals i you know think that that um <laughs> directing people toward the character strengths is just such an affirming place to start um that's just an inspiring resource to give people uh both the professionals themselves and their patients um, and then in terms of just uh, helping their clients uh, take care of their own health and um, helping themselves and others prevent burnout, I think the research on taking breaks is very unequivocal that that is the starting place for preventing burnout. And even micro breaks like pausing, closing your eyes, taking 10 slow deep breaths is very effective even better if you can take 10 minutes to stretch or get outside and walk around the block. Movement unfailingly boosts our mental and physical energy. And the issue with that is that our nervous systems aren't really wired to take breaks when we're under stress. We're wired to keep pushing through. But we really know from the research, Dr. Sapolsky and others, uh, that pushing through like that only works if we're stressed for finite periods of time, which is not usually the case in modern life. So when we have ongoing or chronic stress, we need to learn to give our nervous system some relief or that stress will become stress overload and it'll cause health problems. Um, I do recommend drawing up a personal list of activities that you know will boost your well-being, and you can set a timer for say every 90 minutes. And when that timer goes off, you pause and you take those 10 breaths and, and or choose one of those activities on your list for your self-care break. And I guess I'd add that you have to make your own list of things that work for you. There's an issue of person activity fit, which is also its whole own you know, area, it's, its whole own topic. But the, the bottom line is that everybody's well-being prescription is different. There's no one size fits all. So it's about creating your own personal well-being toolbox. Well said, and I'm absolutely a fan of that person activity uh, emphasis. And uh, uh, oftentimes uh, when we introduce and I introduce uh, a group of people to positive psychology and uh, introduce sort of the, the, if you will, the, the wide spectrum of the kinds of activities and approaches that could fit under this umbrella of positive psychology, it could seem overwhelming. And so uh, sort of, an, of course, an easy place to start is uh, the construct of PERMA that many of the people in the audience have heard about, you know, positive 
emotions, engagement, relationships, meaning, and accomplishment. But well beyond that is to start uh, thinking even within uh, those categories, uh, you know, what really suits me best, suits me uh, and my lifestyle and who I am as a person, personalities, etc. And uh, we'll definitely be diving into uh, the person activity fit in future podcasts. So I'm glad you mentioned that. Uh, and I also really appreciate, though, the, the practical tip that you've shared of just setting that timer, having a short list, creating that short list, however you come up with that list, and and being uh, true to it, true to yourself. And uh, I, I need to do that. I don't do that quite <laughs> as, uh, as effectively as, uh, as I, I should. So, uh, so good advice. Um, all right. Well, uh, uh, do you have any other thoughts to share with our audience as our time is just about up? I'd love for you to also mention some resources for our audience as well as any other uh, closing thoughts. Okay. Well, in terms of uh, recommendations, uh, one thing is uh, one more thing to add, which is, and I discussed this in my talk at the conference, I think that positive messaging uh, can make a huge difference in communicating with clients and patients and students and using a carrot rather than a stick. And, you know, for example, just talking with your patients about the happiness boost they can get from exercise is such an inspiring and motivating message and really more effective than the scolding or scare tactics of negative health outcomes if they don't. So just kind of changing the approach of how we make recommendations to people. Um, in terms of resources, uh, I'm a big fan of Darlene Marshall and her podcast, Better Than Fine. I love Kelly McGonigal's work. And um, I actually wrote a blurb for her first book, Yoga for Pain Relief, which is not as well known as her later books, but it's an incredible resource for dealing with chronic pain. And on top of that, you could really apply the resources and recommendations and tools in that book to so many other conditions, stress, um, anxiety, depression, you know, a whole host of things. You could take uh, the work in that book and apply. And, um, and then if people wanted to follow up with me, um, it's sandyblaine.com. Um, and my books and articles are all available there. Terrific. Terrific. And I should mention, because we talked about character strengths earlier, is for people in the audience that are not familiar with the website where you can help identify your character strengths, that that is via character.org. Um, at no cost, you can take that survey and start uh, identifying your strengths and putting those to good use towards your well-being. Um, but thank you for sharing those wonderful resources. Uh, Sandy, and thank you for being a guest on this podcast. I hope to bring you back uh, again uh, sometime in the future to continue this uh, kind of conversation. And thank you for your good work as we uh, collectively uh, look to harness the best from the science of positive psychology for our own well-being and uh, others around us and in our um, uh, practices and careers. So thank you. Thank you, Liana. It was great talking with you. Thanks for having me. All right. Take care. And thank you, everybody in the audience for listening to another podcast from the Global Positive Health Institute. And we'll see you here again sometime soon. Be safe. Be well. Bye-bye, everybody.